This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome, friends, to Podcast Unlocked, episode 554. For what day is this? Oh, my goodness, it's July 26th, 2022 already. Ryan McCaffrey here, joined by the usual Unlocked crew, Miranda Sanchez. How are you? Hi, hello. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm going on vacation, so I've got, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just empty all my podcast energy into this episode and then hand the baton to you next week, which I, I thank you in advance for. Stella, Stella Chung, how are you doing? I'm feeling good. better. Yeah, feeling better. Jealous that everyone's going to a Disney place at some point this year. So. <laughs> some point this year. <laughs> and Destin Legary, I can't leave you out, my friend. How are you? Bamtastic, Ryan. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Excited to talk about Xbox. Yeah, well, let's actually start with you, my friend, because you promised us all last week that you were going to dive into As Dusk Falls. And, and I did. Give your take on that. Uh, I have, I confess, I've been, I was a bad host. I did not get a chance to get into it this past weekend. I had some home projects going on. But Destin, you did play some As Dusk Falls. And this is a game, again, just to recap, that we were all kind of, I don't know if I want to say yeah. down on, but I would say none of us were particularly interested in it. Then it got a bunch of great reviews and it's on Game Pass and we have uh, we've kind of flipped on it. Now that you've played it, Destin, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I was pleasantly surprised with what I got to play with As Dusk Falls. Um, there's not a whole lot of gameplay. The gameplay amounts to making story choices and sometimes tapping a button, basically, right? Like um, Life is Strange kind of thing. Yeah, like sort of like life is strange. Um, the one thing that I really like, though, are the are that those choices really do impact the outcome of a lot of the story scenarios. You can have a pretty drastic impact on the relationship between the various families. I'm going to be very vague because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. And it's something I really, really like. The one thing about Telltale games is like you basically like, well, who do you want to die, Bob or Mark? And then they would just replace out that character, right, with somebody else. So it never really felt like my my decisions were impactful. Love the story of, like, the Walking Dead Telltale games. But here, you can have a pretty drastic impact on the outcome of the story for a lot of these characters. So I really, really like that. The voice acting is great. I really, really like the sound design. It reminded me of when I was a kid. I would listen to the radio a lot. I know I'm old, right? But they would do these radio what? stories. Oh. Yeah, they would do they, they would do radio stories and you'd listen to them on like a long car ride or whatever, and you would sort of be immersed in that. Um I'm still not a super fan of how they have these like comic book frames almost animating between each other. Hopefully they can add, I don't know, maybe like 30 frames per second of animation or even 24 frames per second to make it more movie-like. Um, but it works. And the story's, the story's really good. You can actually see the impact of your decision. So like a lot of my story trees uh, were filled out on the bottom, but there's these massive arcs that I didn't get to experience. And being able to see that visually was really, really cool. And uh, I liked the story that was told. Um, it sort of presents you with some really interesting personal philosophical questions about how you would handle situations, um, like how 
PTSD affects somebody years later. And I really, really like that. Uh, and I, I hope to see what happens in the next story. It does leave on a bit of a cliffhanger. But yeah, you know, going in as cynical as I was, I came out pleasantly surprised. And you also get to see your decisions and what they say about how you play and the type of personality traits that you might be exhibiting through those choices. So give it a shot. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. And I'm going to do that for sure. In fact, uh, I might drop it. I might, that might, it might have to be a steam deck game on my, on my trip coming up. That seems like the perfect, perfect way to do it. Uh, and Miranda, you were saying before we started, have you actually, have, did you start playing this or was it just that your sister was hitting you up wanting to play? <laughs> yeah. My twin sister was saying, we have to, we have to play this together. And I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just saw a kid bouncing on the bed with shoes on, and it's, it's stressing me out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, yeah, uh, game Game Pass working its magic with this game because uh, you know a lot of well that plus the fact that it's excellent, it's getting great reviews. I think if yeah. <laughs> Game Pass wouldn't have done much for it if it had gotten a bunch of fives and sixes, but it's gotten a lot of eights and nines. So as dusk falls, give it a look. Destin did. He came away impressed. I'm going to do the same. And hopefully I too will be impressed and Miranda's going to do hopefully a little me too. bit with yeah. Her yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, hey, Destin, while we're talking, the other big release this past week was the also excellently reviewed, to no one's surprise, Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Horizon 5. Uh, this is another one I've got teed up, ready to go for uh, my trip. And I want to hear what you think of this so far. It got, at, again, excellent review from Luke Riley, our racing game Guru down in Australia. He reviews all the big racing games, and no surprise that he loved it. Loved this one. Yeah, uh, I got a few hours in. I hit that first wall of you know you need to play a bunch of races to unlock the next story chapter. And uh, the story chapter that I did play through though was really cool because it actually gives you history about Hot Wheels and how they were designed oh, nice. originally and how they wanted them to be like uh, a fast car and how they designed the the car to look uh, realistic, like almost metallic. And man, it was just really neat. And it is really really fun. By the way, Ryan, your Drivatar smoked me on the first race. <laughs> I came in second, and I was just like, oh, I got to redo this later. But, uh, yeah, it's it's really, really cool because you get to learn more about Hot Wheels, and you also get to get a little bit wacky with the Forza series, yeah. more wacky than it already is because you're in this sort of, like, fantasy Hot Wheels track with, like, you see their boosts <laughs> and, and all these cool cars where you get to have a little bit of fun where you're not tied to a manufacturer, right? So you're able to kind of get a little crazy with what the car is able to do and the type of races you're able to experience. Uh, there's one, like one of the first races, you basically drive straight down into the volcano, and that's that's pretty, pretty fun. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed my time with it this far. Now that I finished As the Spells, I'll probably be hopping into this next, and I still need to play Stray. So those are the two on my list for this week. Yeah. But, uh, really enjoyable of course it's sports horizon so it's great i mean that's that, that kind of sums up the franchise at this point right. doesn't it like, of course it's great yeah um but yeah no i i had i've had a, a i when i was a kid i had a hope chest in the down in our, our living room basement in new jersey filled with hot wheels cars and matchbox cars so i've always had a an affinity for for hot wheels and uh this this expansion is, I'm very eager to play this. It's just, 
who better to do this this. than than playground with forza horizon i mean but even the hot wheels game uh that came out not too long ago was excellent as well which is a totally different developer totally different thing so it's it's just cool to see uh destin at, at our age you know these things from our childhood that that are now being made into actual good games because they're being made by Again, the people of our age that also grew up with this stuff. It's just fun yeah. to see. Hot Wheels firing on all cylinders. Check it out if you got the limited edition or whatever, because it's included. So, yeah. Rocking the rocking the car puns. I love it, Destin. Keep it going. Sure am. <laughs> I, I don't want to bring the show to a screeching halt, though. So if we all right. move on. All right. Let's, that's enough. Too far. We're gonna, Too far. <laughs> Uh, cut Destin's mic off, Super Producer Red, please. I'm just going to talk to Miranda and Stella for the rest of the show. All right, uh, let's get to the heart of this episode, which is yet another game delay, but it, I want to lead it into a bigger conversation about 2023. And I know Xbox gamers are probably tired at this point of hearing about how just dry the desert is for 2022. Although, of course, we just talked about two Xbox games, two Xbox exclusives this summer that we're having a great time with, with As Dusk Falls and, and the Hot Wheels expansion. But yes, uh, another big game delay. It's Lord of the Rings Gollum this time, the third-person stealth action-adventure game where you play as Gollum, which, like, on paper, that sounds great. When we got our first-look preview out of it uh, a couple months ago, our UK team that, that did sit down and check it out, they weren't super impressed at the time. So for that reason... I am not sad to see this game delay, but uh, it was supposed to come out September 1st. The developers posting a message on Twitter saying the game's been pushed back by a few months and they are not giving a new specific date yet, but they promise that they, they are dedicated to, quote, uncovering the untold story of Gollum in a way that honors the vision of J.R.R. Tolkien. It was originally due out, as I said, on the 1st, so unless it sneaks out in December, which, okay, a few months, maybe it will, we have now another, yet another big name game pushing out into 2023, creating an absolute insane lineup of games for Xbox. Uh, lots of them exclusive and then plenty of third party stuff as well. But here's what we know about that's tar- currently projected to come out in 2023. And I know we talked about a little bit of this after the Xbox game showcase, but the list is longer now. So next year, we're looking at Redfall, Starfield, Stalker 2, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, replaced the day before, which is, if you haven't been paying attention to that game, uh, that go look it up on, on IGN's YouTube channel because it looks fantastic. It's very kind of Last of Us meets The Division kind of thing going on with it. Kerbal Space Program 2, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake, which has been pushed quite a while at this point. Uh, the Avatar game from Ubisoft, the first-person uh, Avatar game, that was pushed, another delay victim this week, pushed uh, into 2023. And then Lord of the Rings Gollum. Now, add to that the stuff that we have already talked about, big games for 2023 that weren't delayed out of 2022 because they never had dates, and 2023 has been their year from the jump. So we have Diablo Four. That one we know is the first half of 2023. Wolf Among Us 2, which I'm personally super excited about. Uh, Woe Long Fallen Dynasty, another first half game unveiled in the Xbox Showcase. The 
uh, Soulsborn from Team Ninja, the Ninja Gaiden <laughs> slash Neo developers. The Dead Space remake in January. The Resident Evil 4 remake in March, I believe. That one's, that one's definitely got a date. Arc 2, another one, first half. Alan Wake 2. And uh, I probably could have kept going, but those are the, the big names. That's the big name stuff. So let's, let's just start right there. And Miranda, I'll come to you here. Uh, first of all, what do you make of that? If, if three quarters of that comes out in, in uh, 2023, A, can you play it all? <laughs> and B, what are you most looking forward to? Can I play it all? <laughs> do I want to give up everything else in my life? <laughs> Not really, but you know... You never know. It depends on, on the release order of everything, right? Um, I I think I made this joke recently in a meeting too. It's just that like spring is the new fall. Like fall still has a lot of big releases, still very important to our industry. But spring more and more, just with how releases have gone, how delays have gone, we see more and more games happen. Um, as far as this list goes, the one that I would talk about that you guys don't already know, which of course is Redfall, I'm very excited for that, and Starfield. I'd have to say Suicide Squad, actually. Um, yeah. Just having been really into DC fandom a lot more lately, I've always really loved Batman, but kind of getting into um, the rest of the rogues gallery and and those characters within the DC universe specifically related to Batman and, of course, Justice League, um, I'm more excited to see what they do with that story. I think it's fun to play with the, what if the superheroes go bad? And obviously there's a lot of storytelling around that right now, I think, within the superhero universe um but what if we play it and what if we play it from a developer who knows what they're doing so you know that's what i'd like to do and then of course another one for me is alan wake 2 which i love Armity. and uh having played the control dlc i was just like wow yes please <coughs> and then my final one excuse me really quickly is stalker 2 so if you guys haven't read a broadside picnic before that's the book this is sort of based on loosely they take a lot of i think liberties with what they do with the zone and everything but this is one of those really interesting space stories and or i guess alien stories if you guys don't know about what if some aliens came and then they just left <laughs> Like no one saw them, they just, something happened. Um, and that's kind of what this area is. It's like that area that was touched by something extraterrestrial and everything's real weird. And like, there's all this mythology around it. There's these rare things you need to get. Uh, if you guys are watching on the trailer, there's these spaces where things are twisted and you have to like throw nuts and bolts around to get around so that you don't get like strung up in what they call like these bug traps. And so it's really cool to see this world shown in such a beautiful way and obviously this is stalker too so there's another one but i kind of just want to jump in here because like it's so freaking gorgeous and i really want to play this and i hope it does make it out to 2023 we do know that the developers are having you know um issues of course with everything going on in ukraine so um of course happy to wait for that whenever it is safe and good for them but it definitely a highly anticipated one for me uh yeah you mentioned your first one there suicide squad i i i don't i might just be upset at like irrationally upset at wb for making all these batman universe games but refusing to actually give me a batman game because between this between suicide squad and gotham knights i'm just like grumpy that i can't play that there's no new that. batman game and we haven't had a batman game in a while but yeah, yeah. i'm uh I'm, I'm wondering when my hype is going to kick in for suicide squad because personally i have to say it hasn't happened yet for me i will say it is kind of nice to get a step away from Batman because we 
as speaking as a very big Batman fan, I think there are a lot of things to play with in the DC universe that are really fun and exciting, especially with Suicide Squad. Obviously the movies are pretty big there. Um, with Gotham Knights, I do love the Bat family as a whole. So getting to see a little bit more of their time to shine is really neat. Uh, one thing that I would say, if we do get a new Batman game, we get another new Batman something. Please, Batman Beyond. Oh, Batman yes. Beyond. Just yes. bring Preach. out Terry, bring out the word shway, do, do all the things. <laughs> like we, please. That's that's quiet request. Thank you. Say it loud. Don't say it quietly. Okay. Say it loud. Let's do it. I yeah, feel like that's... it's a, it's like a quiet rumble of like if there's a new Batman project, everyone says, "But what about Batman Beyond?" Every time. <laughs> I bought. There was a not too long ago. There was a sale on Amazon for to just buy the entire series on Blu-ray. So it's like, yes, please give me that for cheap. Uh, what a great, I, I love that whole show. It's so good. And you're right. That could, that could really make a great video game because it's just, it's a little out there, you know, it's more sci-fi and that, that could be interesting, but yeah, we just, for me, 2015 was the last, uh, well, the last Batman action game, I guess the, what second season of the telltale Batman was more recent than that, but the point is, we haven't had Batman of any kind in a video game in quite a while. Um, so, in fact, I got to look up when was season two here? Batman Enemy Within, initial 2017. So it's still, it's, yeah, 2017. It's been a while. I hope Gotham been Knights gives us a look at other characters from the universe beyond the main four they're focusing on, because those characters mm -hmm. are all intertwined with other pretty major characters like i'd love to see batwoman interact with the other bat women of the universe because there are some of my favorite characters honestly like uh cassandra specifically mm -hmm. from that that storyline um so yeah we'll see but i my hopes are very low for that because i think they're focusing just on her so well still let me go to you now uh you also had suicide squad on your list so i'd love to hear this the 2023 games that that you're going to be prioritizing amidst this just absolute crush of 2023 content on xbox mm, yeah i mean so ever since i saw birds of prey suicide squad seeing harley quinn in it i'm like yeah i got i got a supporter like she's always had a soft spot in my heart um so that's why i'm really excited for suicide squad because i get to play as her um but yeah i'm definitely excited for redfall starfield but honestly i would kind of put wolf among us two above um starfield because nice. I, the first season was just so good. It was the perfect mix of um, detective sort of like sleuthing and 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 storytelling and world building. And then um, just having like the ending was just so good because you're just like, what what's going to happen? It's just kind of this open ended question. And it's so good. And I actually um, I, I never got around to it, but I wanted to read the original comics that this was based off of, which is Fable. Fables, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's so cool. Like, obviously, this is like their own take on it. Like, a few things don't line up with the actual comics, which is fine. But I loved the world um, and the design choices that they chose for The Wolf Among Us. And the fact that there's going to be a second season makes me really happy because these are some of my favorite. Like, I love Telltale games. Um, the last season of The Walking Dead was phenomenal. I finished that, I think, like in December last year so emotional i love it like um it just i love investing in games like that so being able to emotionally invest again it makes me very i mean obviously i'm going to be very sad or happy or whatever they want me to feel but um i'm ready for it 
What and uh, Destin? That brings us to you here. What twenty twenty three? Ridiculous. What's uh, what's top of your list right now? Um, probably Starfield. I mean, like Starfield's going to be the game that everybody's going to be talking about. Whether it's good or bad, you know, remains to be seen. But a lot of people believe in what Bethesda's created in the past. So, yeah. Uh, reminder, though, uh, Fallout 76 did not land with roaring applause. A lot of people were actually quite negative towards it. So I'm really interested to see what happens with Starfield. Uh, the reveal trailer was... Uh, I don't know. I would say pretty split. I'd say a lot of people are excited about Starfield, but a lot of people like myself are like, oh, that frame rate is a little worrisome. You know, are you going to be able to stabilize all that and get things in a good place in time for launch? Still excited for it. In addition to that, though, I think one that a lot of people are sleeping on is Wolong, uh, you know, developed by former From Software uh, people. And they also made... What's what's the other game that they worked on, Ryan? I can't remember the name of it. Off uh, well, head. yeah, you're referring to the the like lead producer had mm -hmm. worked on, I think yeah. Neo, Ninja Gaiden, Neo. and Neo was uh, yeah, and yeah. also Bloodborne. So I'm really curious about where they end up going with that one. I think it'll be very difficult. Uh, there's definitely going to be a focus on the combat. So really, really interested in this, and I <laughs> I don't I'm surprised not to see more people talking about it because it it's looking great like visually, and if they nail like these combat scenarios the way that they teased, then I'm I'm pretty stoked to see what they end up doing there. Uh, Dead, should I keep going or do you want me to Please, stop? No, go for it. Yeah, we've got nothing but time this week. So in addition to that, of course, the Dead Space remake is on my list. Hopefully, Red can find the worst Dead Space cosplay ever. And of course, we have to mention it. But oh uh, yeah, so the Dead Space remake looks absolutely phenomenal. And I'm really, really excited to see the changes that they've done to the original game. Because they've already done visual changes, but they're also going to be expanding the levels and creating some new things for fans like myself who've played through it like a million times. And then... Uh, Separate from that, there's also Stalker 2. I mean, what else do I need to say? The game looks great. Finally, on my list, though, is Diablo 4, Ryan. After yes. playing Diablo Immortal, hitting level 60, and going you know, past that to hit where they really try and monetize you, there are a lot of concerns that something similar could happen with Diablo 4. Now, my hope is that, that those concerns are unfounded, and Diablo 4 is a lot like uh diablo 3 was and just ends up being celebrated and a wonderful game because it looks so good i cannot wait for diablo 4 uh i'm really really excited to dive into a proper diablo game here in the near future yeah you know you make a good point about diablo in the sense that diablo 3 was now 10 years ago right well i think mm -hmm. it was 2012 when it first came out i'd have to double check and look but i think it was 2012 which is my first year at ign and uh, at that point in time, there was a really, there was just a lot of positivity around, around Blizzard. Like mm -hmm. everything they touched turned to gold. Gamers love them. But you're right that uh, the last decade, things have changed and they have, uh, they do not necessarily have fans giving them the benefit of the doubt heading into any new game. And so you're right. It's for Diablo 4 is going to have to prove it to to gamers uh on top of being a great game prove it in terms of the the you know monetization stuff that you're talking about but mm -hmm. that's definitely number two on my list after starfield i'm still you know destin you mentioned 
you mentioned Fallout 76, which I've seen a lot of people do, and I don't think that's fair because that was not Todd Howard and his team's game. Like Todd chipped in on that. He definitely, you know, if you want to say deserves some of the blame for that, that's fine. But that was not a Bethesda Game Studios project. That was their Dallas studio that that led the way on that game. So uh, the, Todd's team was busy working on Starfield for the last six, seven years here. So I, I have uh, nothing but optimism. You know, you mentioned the frame rate. I mean, sure, they had to show it at the showcase and they delayed it for a reason. So, you know, from when the, the game, the build we saw from sh the showcase demonstration could be up to, you know, 10-ish months from the shipping version that we finally get. So I, I am not concerned and I remain just incredibly optimistic about Starfield. But yeah, Diablo 4 is right there. It, this is a game that, you know, Diablo games don't come around, mainline Diablo games don't come around very often. And so I just can't wait to to dive into this thing and see what what a new generation of Diablo looks like. And, and I, I'll have to join in. I think everybody has said, uh, has, has also mentioned, uh, what was the one I was just going to say here? Uh, lost it. Where'd it go? Well, Alan Wake 2. Yeah, that's, that's a no-brainer because it's Remedy. And Remedy has never... Well, okay, they, they, they've only made one bad game in their history. It used to be never, and then maybe, uh, maybe that last first-person shooter didn't, didn't go super great for them. But back to Alan Wake, and that's just going to be so much fun. So um, I guess where, where I could circle this back to is just of these... Uh, which one, which one of these do you guys think is going to sell the best? Because it's there's timing involved, there's good reviews involved, there's just there's there's a lot in there. But still, I'm curious who who which one comes out on top in the in the sales charts? Just as a Ooh. fun thought exercise here. In sales charts, oh, man. Um, out of out of all of these, not. I feel like it's going to be Starfield. No? Dis That's well, I mean, Game Pass, right? That kind of throws the wrench into it. That's yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're taking that into account. Um. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh. Let's see. Yeah, I guess Game Pass takes, takes a lot out of that. <laughs> well, all right. I mean, maybe we should pivot it then because so many of these are Xbox exclusives yeah. and Game Pass. What about, all right, how about just number of players? Yeah. Number of players. Redfall because it's multiplayer. Oh, interesting, interesting choice. Miranda, Suicide I'm sure Squad. You're tempted to agree with Stella. As much as I'd like to, no, it's probably Suicide Squad. <laughs> Multi-platform, of course, mm -hmm. which uh, it has going for it. Destin. Yeah, got to consider the fact that games are coming out on multiple platforms. So I would say either Diablo 4 or I go with, with uh, Miranda and say Suicide Squad because it has um, general appeal. But actually, I think Suicide Squad, like it's not Batman. So I don't know how they're going to market it. And I don't know if Suicide Squad has the same marketing appeal as, say, even Gotham Knights does because Gotham Knights has like, you know, Batgirl, who's easily recognizable, and then the other characters who are very popular amongst comic book fans, but maybe not as recognizable to, like, grandmas out there, you know? Harley Quinn's 
really notable though i think just with the recent movies and just her portrayal by Mara robbie like there's just been a lot with yeah. harley quinn so i think if they lean into her and her comedy it'll be good yeah but it depends like i have to imagine it's gonna be the four of them they have to have her like mark the marketing team's probably thinking about that like who has the most appeal so yeah and then Di the fact that diablo is like gonna be on everything so yeah uh, i would like, go old with consoles diablo. old consoles and new consoles right I believe is it so. next gen only. I yeah, believe, so I think it's yeah, I think it's on everything. I'll double check, but that's a tough one. I just flip a coin. That's how I. <laughs> yeah, I honestly did not think of Diablo just because, like, I'm not personally interested. But yeah, Diablo has had a long history, and it. I mean, people still play the older games too. So. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I probably Diablo. I mean, it has a huge like legacy behind it. I would honestly and say some. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, yes, it is, Destin, it is indeed a cross-gen game. It is coming out on Xbox One and PS4 as well. I think Suicide's Club, though, so. No, yep. that's a next-gen only game. Oh, well, okay, then yeah, I'd say Diablo. Multi-platform, but yeah, next-gen only. I would say the other one to consider would be Dead Space Remake. Uh, despite scary games seemingly having a more focused audience, I would say something like Dead Space still just has a lot of general appeal. And honestly, I feel like horror games have been very long time in the making making its own little resurgence especially with like twitch and i think younger audiences that love five nights at freddy's and are growing up and getting into other horror games so i think there's actually quite a big market for that as well yeah so the reason i would switch miranda like what are console sales going to be by the time suicide squad comes out let's say 40 million consoles so that's your that's your install base for the console uh market but with diablo you have all the consoles so you have old consoles and new ones and both have the pc market to consider so i don't know diablo is huge on PC too yeah, yeah. so I, I would lean more towards diablo 4 with that added note that it's that suicide squad is next gen only yeah just thinking logically it's not like well, a... <laughs> I, I'm with you. And it, yeah and once the the activision acquisition closes for microsoft it goes into game pass too so then it's like yeah. if you haven't already bought it oh here God. it is <laughs> under game pass subscription yeah it's diablo 4 is going to just be that's going to be a monster now this my sentimental choice the game that i want to outsell all of these and be or be played by more people is stalker 2 just because of and we talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, the, the release of that game is going to be just an extraordinarily emotional and momentous occasion for, obviously, for the, for the development team, but I think for the industry at whole, as, as a whole, because of what that team has gone through. You know, we saw the incredible little um, kind of Vidoc thing during the Xbox Extended Showcase and how some of the developers have actually taken up arms to fight for their country. And so that, that Stalker 2 is the one I, I would love to see just everyone embrace and everyone play and everyone buy uh, and show this team some love. And because their track record suggests that this game's going to be excellent. I mean, everything they've made has been great. So we'll see what happens, but it is going to be a heck of a 2023 next year. All right, next topic this week, we move from delays to cancellations. Ubisoft has officially stopped development on two projects. Ghost Recon Frontline, the Battle Royale who uh, that, that uh, 
was not super well received. I could see the gears already turning in Stella's head. She's got comments, which we'll get to in a moment. And then Splinter Cell VR, which some of you might be going, wait a second. They announced a Splinter Cell VR game? Yeah, that was as far as they ever got. <laughs> this was a couple of years ago. They said, we're doing a Splinter Cell VR game, and we haven't heard about it since until now that it's canceled. So, uh, Stella, yes. Post Recon Frontline, <laughs> your immediate reaction to that trailer, I recall, was was not great. I think my first thought was, ew. <laughs> like, it just, it, it seems like, so the environment, of course, like we already kind of have this with Warzone. Um, so for me, it just feels very late to the party. I mean, with, with Fortnite, Warzone, and Apex, you're just not really going to be able to get yourself in, in the market right now just because you have things that appeal to like every audience that is interested in Battle Royales. Also, I feel like that whole like influx of Battle Royale games has just kind of died down. Like we saw uh, high-res studios even, you know, putting their name in the in the bucket, but like, it didn't really stick around. Um, so it's like, yeah, when you try to get in on the hype of games that are currently doing really well, uh, especially free-to-play games where you can have like a kind of ongoing market, it's it's hard to do properly. And I I think I only played one game of Ghost Recon. I uh, can't remember which one it was, but I do remember liking it. But I just don't know how that would have translated to a battle royale very well and like looking at the trailer i'm just like i mean we we have this with like PUBG, we have this with warzone it what is different about this why do i care and i'm just like i don't care <laughs> so um yeah the cancellation i'm like that's that's fine because ubisoft already tried to do a battle royale um and it failed terribly so well and uh, stella <laughs> X Defiant is still around. I know it's not a battle royale, but <laughs> that one, yeah, you had an allergic reaction to that too. I think a lot of people did. You are not alone in that one. It's, it's, yeah, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know what it wants to do. The, the actual FPS movement and, and shooting and every, just everything that has to do with a good formula for a first person shooter, it's just not there. So I'm like, what do you, what do you, you want to pull in people who liked games like Overwatch and team-based games, but you're giving us nothing. Like there is, it's like this anemic sandwich of a game and I don't want to bite into it. <laughs> I mean, Stella, you, you know better than anybody else. It's really tough for any game to crack into the battle royale market because players want to yeah. play the game they like. I mean, is the the one notable mega success story I can think of is one of your favorite games, Titanfall, <laughs> where there was an established game in PUBG, and then in came Respawn's uh, Titan Titanfall. I wish in came Respawn's <laughs> Legends, yeah, and they were able to to muscle their way in because, well, mostly because it's a great game from a very talented team. But I mean, is it? Like, what kind of an uphill battle is it for anybody trying to get into the Battle Royale market? It's hard. I mean, we see uh, Naraka, right, with the, the gimmick that it's a melee-only Battle Royale, which is cool. I know that it does have a pretty decent audience, which is great. But I feel like with the Battle Royale market, again, the time has kind of passed where people could get in and just throw out these Battle Royale games. Um, like, the, the high-res one, I can't remember, but you could, like, when you get down, you turn into a chicken... And um, like there, there was that sort of gimmick. Like you need to have something that is unique to your game. Um, otherwise, people, why will people care? There, 
so many other battle royale games out there that work so much i mean even fall guys is a great battle royale that continues to it's technically marketed as battle royale so don't come for me um and it, it does so well it appeals to a general audience um and when apex came out there was no advertisement or hype leading up to it which is why i say it's one of the greatest like success stories now when it first came out it was the high point of battle royales it set so much of what Fortnite and Call of Duty now use for Warzone, like the ping system, the accessibility, um, movement is just incredible in Apex, which is why it did so well. And of course, there was that history of Titanfall and it being in the same universe. Um, but even with Apex, I do see it falling behind in what modern day FPSs need, like just quality of life changes, like just more things that need to be updated in order to keep up with the FPS market because it is constantly changing. Um, and I, I, I keep saying this, but I feel like Ubisoft is constantly behind in what people want with an FPS game. Like Hyperscape was just, it was a cool concept, but you can't get, you can't get by on concept alone. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where it just felt very out of touch. The gunplay didn't feel good. The movement felt okay, but not really well implemented. So it's, there's a lot you have to consider in, in making a proper battle royale now and it's like it's not one of those games that was just early access and anything could go now like it it has been in the market for quite some time and people know what they want in a battle royale now and you have to meet those standards miranda it seemed like if any of the clancy brands would have been a, a good fit for battle royale probably would have been ghost recon so is this is this cancellation a little surprising to you um i think it's unfortunately probably the right place so we've talked about ubisoft at length and how they approach a lot of these more trending games and as Stella said like they're just too late to the party honestly we already have the gaps filled like ghost recon are you gonna do something better than PUBG or anything similar to it i don't know like you're not the first person i would go to like i'd rather go try warzone before i try a ghost recon battle royale just because we know call of duty has like a, a really established approach to first person shooters that are competitive like i understand their mechanics i know what they're going to do i know what they're going to offer most of the time offer a pretty clean you know shooting experience um and, and honestly what i see from ubisoft is a lot of times they're just chasing trends they're not trend setting right like i think with assassin's creed and other of their um first person games like they do a good job of doing these cool narrative worlds like as much as i hate to say it like rabbits is something pretty cool with what they're doing their collaboration but when it comes love to rabbits Oh, you love that. I know, like listen, every episode of the cartoon. I'm trying. I'm trying to be good. You're. You're really pushing. You're I'm pushing sorry. the buttons. It's okay. It's okay. I'm trying, already, trying to be nice. Like, wait, what? They don't. They're probably. <laughs> I don't think that? they're in on it. So I. Like, wait a minute. Why is Miranda saying no? Miranda literally hates the rabbits as characters. Just for anybody that's not a, not a. No. I cannot. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but it's a smart collaboration. It's a good idea. It's a unique <laughs> game, and I hate it, but I can acknowledge it. It's a really good game, by the way. I'm psyched for the sequel. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, so in those spaces, you see them doing something that I think is really appealing to a wide audience for very specific reasons. And I think Assassin's Creed, um, you know, they're behemoth games, but they do a lot right. Then you look at all of their competitive games, and you sort of wonder. You, you okay? Because it, it just seems like someone says, hey, this is becoming a big thing. We got to make one too. But as Stella's saying, like, they don't really have anything that differentiates them. And we've talked a lot about this in the past as well. But whenever you have these big 
multiplayer trend setting games a lot of times it'll shake out to be three big ones with a bunch of small ones that maybe have an audience that maybe survive but in the long run like we only have limited time right like i play two online games and everything else is filled in by my single player games and i don't have space to rotate anything into to those other two online game spots because those are my free to game play games i have friends there and we've all invested money. So getting me to move somewhere else, even to try something, that's a really big ask because I have a financial investment in this. And even if you don't, you have a time investment and you have friends there. So it's like, why do we want to go try this other thing that, you know, maybe a lot of other games already do better. And even when you do have something, as Stella said, like a gimmick, it, sure, it's a gimmick, but is there another hook to it? Because it's not only that you have to have a gimmick or something that's interesting, you also have to be better than everything else and have something that will compel people to move. And that's really hard to do. So I think until Ubisoft really decides to like let their teams get creative and, and do something themselves in that competitive space or like team-based multiplayer space, doesn't even have to be competitive. Um, then I think it's gonna be well to see anything. And, and the reason I say it doesn't have to be competitive is I know I bring this up a lot because I play it a ton, but like with Genshin Impact, that's a multiplayer game that is primarily a single player experience, but it has like a lot of offerings and ongoing like service stuff. And I think it's just really unique. And I kind of am always looking for games that do similar things to that, where they're offering a unique multiplayer environment that has not either been done before or is trying something new with that space. And I think Ubisoft could, you know, maybe try to let their teams do that instead of copying what's trending for a few years in the past. <laughs> you know, Destin, uh, Miranda and Stella make a good point, I think, about, about modern Ubisoft doing more trend chasing than trend setting. You know, you look, we look back, Splinter Cell, uh, as, it, as it was, arguably was a trend setting game. Here's how to do modern stealth really, really well. You know, you had Metal Gear doing it too, but really nothing, nothing else past Metal Gear. You had Rainbow Six doing tactical shooters both single player, multiplayer, really well. Uh, and you had Ghost Recon kind of doing it in the outdoor uh, tactical multiplayer space. But it, Splinter Cell VR could have been that, maybe Destin in the in the VR space. What do you make of, of Splinter Cell VR being canceled? Um, I'm glad they were canceled. I wasn't particularly excited. I don't like VR stuff, so I don't. I wouldn't say glad they're canceled. I would say I don't care that they were canceled because I likely wasn't going to play them. So for me, it's like really low impact, right? But to echo sort of what Miranda and Stella have been saying, I'm more worried about the direction that Ubisoft is heading. This idea that they're chasing trends, like they'll announce a game and I'm like, well, that game's not going to come out for three years. Is this genre even still going to be trendy by the time that that game releases? And like, whatever happened to Beyond Good and Evil 2, that's a game a lot of people were excited about. That's a Ubisoft property that they just seem to have abandoned. I would also argue that the original Assassin's Creed was pretty unique for its time. And then the sequel improved upon that and it was beloved. So like, they still have the Assassin's Creed franchise. They have Skull and Bones coming, which I think have a lot of people excited. And that's more traditional Ubisoft as opposed to chasing a trend. And they've also given Skull and Bones a lot of time in the cooker, so to speak, because... It just wasn't ready. And one of the things that I see more and more in the, the industry is trend chasing, as you said, and that's really concerning to me. You look at what Elden Ring has done. From Software has dedicated themselves to making phenomenal experiences time and time again, and they've 
earn the trust of people buying their software, buying their games, because they've consistently delivered a high bar of quality. You have a company like Ubisoft that's pushing NFTs and trends and trying to do what's more important for their investors. And I feel like they're starting to lose sight of just making wonderful games. And that's really unfortunate to see, especially when they have, they're greenlighting these weird projects that like, you know, when you release a trailer, did you even test, like run a test group by it to get their reaction? Because I could have told you what the reaction to X Defiant would have been <laughs> like way before that game. I'm like, people are going to be really cynical about this. And they have paid reviewers and stuff like that, that internally review stuff. So they have an idea of what that game is going to be received like. So just I just don't know. Let me just real quick, just so nobody takes this and decides to try and aggregate it. When you say paid reviewers, you are referring not to people like us. You're referring Correct. to freelance people. We, we call them mock reviewers. Well, that's what yeah. publishers call them, where they are hired on a contract basis. They do not work for an outlet Us. and they're, they're yeah. basically paid to review a build to tell the publisher what, what to expect from review scores from the game. Yeah, that's correct. So that's what I'm referring that's right. to. That's great. That's somebody good to twists your word mm -hmm. and runs with it. Yeah, so mock reviewers, if you don't know, they're paid by Yay. They're paid by Ubisoft. They're paid by whoever. They would never work for IGN or any other media outlet of its of its salt. And um, they tell you what they think that a game is going to review like, so that the company has an idea. So I'm shocked that a game like X Defiant even gets greenlit because on paper it looks bad. And like this focus on NFTs, like the NFT response is overwhelmingly negative, and we've seen like disastrous results like metaverse is struggling tremendously right now for facebook so like i don't know what's going on at ubisoft i don't know what ubisoft is anymore they're making all these games that don't seem to appeal to a lot of people and the ones that do appeal to a lot of people like the beyond good and evil 2 remake like the splinter cell remake they're just quiet we just don't hear anything well they're so. they're still far out that's the problem and and uh to try and offer some counterbalance i mean we can throw out uh, you know, the, the Avatar game could be good if it's a high production value, story-driven first-person game. We just haven't seen enough of it to know yet. And then the other big one, I would say, if we're, if we're trying to look to them to get back to their past of innovating and trend-setting, there is Massive's, um, the, the development studio, Massive, Makers of the Division, there is their Star Wars project, which is... All, we literally have a one-sentence description of it. Here it is from the official website. Ubisoft has announced it is collaborating with Disney and Lucasfilm Games on a new story-driven open-world video game set in the Star Wars galaxy, which is something we haven't had, weirdly. Uh, we've had, I mean, there was KOTOR forever ago and the KOTOR remake, that's a role-playing game, but you know, this is something that will hopefully bring us something we haven't seen before, but I but I don't disagree with you. I mean, by and large, it is, you know, the 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 ledger sheet is not balanced out very well for, for what from a creative perspective at Ubisoft, which is uh, which is which saddens me. You know, it's as I've I've played so many great games from them over the years, and it's, again, it's not to say that they're a bad company or that they don't have talent and they're not making good games. They are. I mean, uh, I un. Despite the presence of Rabbids, Miranda, I would argue that Mario and Rabbids is excellent, and the new one looks real should be really good. 
uh, and there is some good stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's a shame to see something like a Splinter Cell VR project canceled because that could have been a really great, like, unique new VR experience that we haven't, you know, translating Splinter Cell to VR. Like, I mean, I, I picture that as a first person situation where you can, you know, you're you're moving with the thumbsticks on your on your uh, you know, your Oculus controllers or, or whatever VR platform you're using, and then you can actually like reach out and choke people. And uh, I mean, that would be fun as heck. So I don't know if it was canceled for budget reasons, or maybe they couldn't find a gameplay formula that, 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 that was fun enough to warrant the continuation of the project, but it is a shame. So I'll, I'll guess I'll just be looking forward to in about four years from now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to point out real quick, Dustin was like, I don't know if they're doing focus groups or anything like that, but with the X-Defiant NDA, uh, I looked those up because I wanted to make sure I could talk about this. Other people did talk about it. Uh, the NDA specified you're supposed to have the windows closed even when you're playing the, the early access and everything. And it's like, I, I've brought this up before, but I feel like Ubisoft just does not want to open up their uh, conversations to what people actually want. They're not open to these discussions. And I mean, if they're going to keep everything so closed i do understand that there is um this precedent of wanting to protect your games but if you want to protect your identity as one of these major publishers of these great games that did exist don't you want more feedback don't you want to open up your your conversation so that you can actually see what's going on and what people want from you um so the fact that they kind of keep this so closed off to community i feel like that's also a big issue that they're facing you know, to give, to give them a little bit of credit, though, just thinking a little bit more about it, they just released the new Far Cry, and people seem to like the new Far Cry with Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a major hit for them. They actually just released a patch, like, today. So they're still making core entries that are that are going over well with Rainbow audience. Six Siege has been excellent for years now. Yeah. Consistent I, I, and good. But the thing is, I think we're mostly criticizing their multiplayer and online mm -hmm competitive games that they're coming out no. with that are new, not necessarily the longstanding campaigns that and, we've said, you know, are good and acknowledged. And of course, mm -hmm. Rainbow Six Siege, yes, absolutely has been going. Um, but it's just, you know, finding that new space that they think they're lacking. Yeah, for sure. And my my question is the new stuff that they're releasing, like who is it supposed to appeal to? That's what I don't get. The new stuff, it just seems that hot new generation of web three gamers, y'all. <laughs> X, X Defiant is just a mishmash of all the characters nobody cared about in a bunch of their IPs. Mm -hmm. And like, it's weird. Like, I don't know who that's supposed to appeal to. Wouldn't it have been Third better Echelon to- is back. Like, in create X a Defiant. new IP and like, don't just <laughs> mishmash all your stuff together. Like, it's just feels like you get all the leftovers and they tried to make a thing out of it, you know? Anyway. Well. We uh we want good things from Ubisoft and hopefully hopefully uh you know Rabbits 2 it's going to be good it's going to be Miranda's game of the year just wait uh and and we'll <laughs> see what else from them they got their their uh, events coming up their their big showcase is in September so it's what about less than 2 months from now we'll see what they've got all right Trivia time. Danny from Puerto Rico asks a very good trivia question here. This one I had to think long and hard about, and I don't think I got this one right. So we'll see if you guys do any better than I did. He says, uh, a, tri a little trivia in honor of the Xbox series outselling the PS5 last month in Japan. And the question is this. The Xbox 360 had a few JRPGs that were exclusive to the system, but were 
were eventually mostly released on PlayStation later. Which of these Xbox 360 exclusive Japanese RPGs was never released on outside of the Xbox platform, therefore a permanent exclusive? So three of these are temporary exclusives. One of them stayed on Xbox forever. Was it Star Ocean, The Last Hope, Eternal Sonata, The Last Remnant, or Infinite Undiscovery? All four excellent games, I might add. Let me go to Stella first on this one. Uh, oh God, okay. I don't know JRPGs that well, except for Final Fantasy XIV, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, shoot. Um, I'm just gonna... God, I don't know. Um, A? Going with Star Ocean. All right. Because that's the one name that I do recognize, but I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Destin? Gonna pick like Lost Odyssey or Blue Dragon, the easy ones, huh? It has to be, the, it has to be like. Yeah, it's these. like a first party game, so that, yeah. that would be too, a little too easy. I'm I'm gonna really go, I have no idea. I'm gonna say Be Eternal Sonata. Okay. Miranda, that leaves you. Destin, I had the same line of thought when I heard the question being read. I was like, wow, I hope Blue Dragon's here, but no. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it different. So I'll do D Infinite Undiscovery because that name is that's a unique name. Yeah, good game too, and uh, a good choice because you're absolutely <gasps> correct, Miranda. Nicely done. Nice. Infinite Undiscovery never came to anything else. Those other three eventually did, which means Miranda widens her lead. Eight points for Miranda, six for Stella, five for Destin. Still a pretty tight game. Getting a lot plenty of left to go. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought, because it's like, I've heard too much about the first two, so I was like, I think mm. that went multi-platform. I, I oh, felt like Star is. Ocean was, was multi-platform, but I was like, that's the only one that that's I know, so I'll just go with it. <laughs> Our super producer, Red, dialing up some oh, infinite undiscovery footage right here. Yeah, it's very watching. cute. It's really yeah. cute. I love the all, combos. <laughs> that's great. All four were really good games on the 360 nice. back in time, so... Thank you very much to Danny. And if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it in. The email address is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email. And don't forget your name and optionally your gamer tag if you'd like us to share that as well, should we pick your question. And with that, we come to the end of Podcast Unlocked, episode 554. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, there is a new IGN first kicking off in next week to begin August, which I think will interest a lot of people listening to or watching this. So look out for that. And Miranda, let me throw it to you now. Yeah, you can find me at Havoc Gross on Havoc with a K on Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter. And just check out our guides. We're working really hard on a lot of them. We're trying to get some Game Pass guides going as well. So something for like Road 96, we're just getting started on that. But trying to make sure that if you guys need a little help with some of these really cool adventure games, multiple options, potentially multiple endings, that we have those covered. Brilliant. Stella. Yeah, I am Parallax Stella everywhere. Um, I stream on Twitch after work. And it's my birthday on Saturday. So yeah, Yay. that's my big announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, be sure to wish Stella a happy birthday on Twitter. Destin, take us home. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary. You know, YouTube, the Destin channel. Order cookies at legarybakery.com. 
and uh, Ryan Duncan. Man, I've got a budget Excel sheet for you to check out. You're going to be really excited. That's what I was working on today. So <laughs> have fun with that. Super hype. Thanks for watching, everybody. It's <laughs> made here. There are budget sheets. There's all kinds of various spreadsheets and other fun things. That Mine's a huge Unlock fan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I want to thank Red, our outstanding producer, along with Miranda, Stella, and Destin. I'm Ryan. This, again, was Unlocked 554, and we'll see you next week.